It's a great day to live for Jesus. This is the In the Word podcast with Pastor Mike Grover, a chapter-by-chapter devotional journey through the New Testament where we will browse the background, discover the doctrine, and practice the principles of God's Word for us today. Years ago, when I was a student at a private Christian college that was preparing people for ministry, uh, there was a practice they would have. If someone had publicly sinned or publicly had created a really bad testimony for the school, uh, there was a means or a practice of restoring that person that involved them uh, getting up in a chapel service and publicly apologizing to the school and asking for forgiveness. And then the president of the college would get up and say, if you join me in forgiving them, then say amen. Well, this practice was pretty common, but there was a day when there was a guy that got up there that I felt like, man, he's so full of it. His motive, he's just using this to get out of trouble and he really doesn't mean what he's saying. I remember going to my pastor that week and telling him about this and complaining. And I, I was expecting sympathy. I was expecting you know, him to get behind me as a spiritual crusader. But he st- instead he said to me, he said, Mike, do you think everyone who walks down this aisle and professes faith in Jesus Christ in church is really saved? He said, I've been around long enough to know everyone that professes faith is not truly saved. So what are we supposed to do, he said, quit giving the gospel, quit giving an invitation. He said, no, we just need to stay focused on our own heart and doing the work that God gave us to do. See, he's talking about how we face our opinion of people's motives. This is kind of what Jesus is dealing with here in Luke chapter number 17. He begins and he says, then he said to his disciples. Well, in the previous chapter, he was talking about Lazarus and the rich man. He was talking about eternal consequences of this life, heaven and hell, and really how the rich man had treated Lazarus in this life. And so now he turns it and he pulls his disciples into a discussion really on the importance of how we live in this life, the practicalities of what we do in this life that may affect the life to come, how we deal with people. And he says here, he says to his disciples, it's impossible that offenses will come. In other words, it's impossible to live in this life without offenses or stumbling blocks to come into our life. He said, but woe to him through whom they come. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he was cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to, now get this, take heed to yourselves. If your brother trespass against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he trespass against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day, he turn again to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. And I love the disciples' response in verse five. And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. Haven't you found in serving the Lord that it really takes a greater measure of faith in dealing with difficult people properly than it takes maybe to read your Bible and show up for church. You see, relationship in life is really where the rubber um, hits the road in our faith. So Jesus is talking here and he says, you know what? It's impossible to live life without offenses coming. People are gonna trip you up. People are gonna cause you to fail they will offend. He said, it's impossible that they will not come. 
But the underlying message he's saying is this, just don't be the one that's causing others to stumble. He said, it's impossible that offenses will come, but woe to him through whom they come. You're going to live in this life. You're going to live with difficult people. You're going to see people trying to trip you up or maybe tripping you up without trying. But what he's saying here is what you need to focus more on is not being the one who's causing people to trip up than really judging the motive of those who are the summing block. And he talks a little bit more of that in just a moment. You know, the Bible talks about that in, in Romans chapter number 14 and in 1 Corinthians 8 in regard to our liberties. He's talking about don't put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in your brother's way. So the word translated offense here is the word scandalon. It's the idea of a stumbling block or putting something in someone's way that causes them to fall. So he says stumbling blocks are going to come in life. There are going to be things that people do that are going to cause you to be put in a position where your faith is going to be challenged and cause you to stumble. But you see, you know what? Don't be the one that's doing that. Don't be the one that is tripping others up. Don't be the one that's causing others to stumble. And then he gives a great warning against it. He said, woe to him through who they come. Now, the word woe is typically a word that's used in Scripture of pronouncing a, a judgment against someone. He says, woe to him through whom they come. It's better for him that a millstone were hung about his neck and cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Now, over in Matthew's gospel, when he's talking about little ones, he's talking about physical, literal children. I think here more so he's talking about little ones in regard to, uh, man, like baby Christians, people whose faith is, is tender, maybe weak in the faith. And so Jesus is saying, you know, we live in this world and there's a lot of things that people are going to come against us with in our faith and desire for us to stumble and cause us to stumble. And that's unavoidable. But you know what is avoidable in your life? Being the one who's tripping other people up, being the one who is causing others to stumble. And, and that's not something you should take lightly because Jesus said it's, it's really better that your life ended today with a huge weight tied around your neck and you were thrown into the, into the water than that you cause people to stumble, that you cause people to sin. You see, man, tampering with someone's faith and causing them to stumble, um, that's a big deal to the Lord. He wants us to build up, not to break down. And so he's talking about the offenses that come toward us, which probably causes us to be more aware and more concerned with others and probably even passing judgment on others and viewing them in light of this. But he says in verse three, take heed to who? Take heed to yourselves. Pay attention to you more than you're paying attention to everyone else. And then he says this, if your brother trespasses or sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, he says, forgive him. And then he says, if he trespasses against you seven times in the same day, and seven times in the same day, he returns to you and says, I'm sorry, I repent. What does he say? He says, you shall forgive him. Take heed to yourselves. Don't worry so much about others. Worry about you. Don't be the one but leave the judgment of the one to God. Offenses are going to come. He said that. It's certainly they will. 
So don't be an offender of faith, but, but what if I am the one whose faith has been caused to stumble? You're saying offenses are going to come, Lord, and you're telling me, you know what, take heed to yourself and don't be the one that's causing people to stumble and have that priority in life and in your relationships. But what about when I am the victim? What about when someone has tripped me up? Someone has caused me to stumble. What do I do then? He says, well, retaliate. No, he didn't say that, right? He said, what? He said, forgive, forgive. What if I'm being the one caused to stumble? Forgive if possible. He said, if he repents, and you say, well, I love that, because if he doesn't repent, then I don't need to forgive him. Well, yes and no. Yes and no. Now, the Lord doesn't let anyone into heaven who hasn't repented, so there's no forgiveness without repentance. But you see, there's really um, two sides of forgiveness or stages, if it were. Um, There's a leading edge of forgiveness, and then there's the lagging edge of forgiveness. The leading edge of forgiveness has a lot more to do with our spirit and our attitude, right? In other words, do I get up today and do I go out into the world with a spirit of forgiveness, a spirit of gratitude for the forgiveness that I've received from the Lord that causes me to instinctively want to forgive, right? The leading edge of forgiveness is my spirit and my attitude toward people that's completely open to forgiving anyone that crosses my path. But then there's the lagging edge of forgiveness, and that's the actual, I'll call it the transaction of forgiveness, right? So it's one thing to have a forgiving spirit. It's another thing when there's a transactional step of actually working through forgiveness with someone. And that is contingent upon both parties. You see, my spirit of forgiveness, that's all about me. That's how I walk out my door in the morning. That's the attitude that I take into this world where offenses are definitely going to come. Man, that is on me. But you know what? That transaction of forgiveness and who I can actually live in a restored relationship with, man, that has a lot to do with both sides. He said, if he repents, if he repents, you are to forgive him. And if he repents seven times in the same day, now there's a couple of things here. Number one, that really removes this very harsh definition of repentance that says, if you truly repent, you won't do it again. No, Jesus didn't just say this guy wouldn't do it again. He said he did it seven more times and he didn't just do it seven more times. He did it seven more times in the same day. So what does God do? He is pressing our faith. That's why the disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. Seven times in the same day. Um, So for myself, I have a spirit of forgiveness, thinking it could have been me. If he repents, there's the transaction of forgiveness. But seven times in one day. What if I say, well, I don't think that he really meant it. Hey, that guy that got up there in chapel, he doesn't really mean it. it. We shouldn't let them do that. Does everyone that professes faith in Christ really mean it? Does that mean we should stop offering the free gift of salvation? Maybe we should throw some works in there, right? Maybe we should put some um, measurements in there before we really believe them. No. You know what? We keep offering the free gospel of grace. We keep holding out the lifeline of salvation. It's not for us to judge the motive. That's God's job. It's for us to do the work of manifesting Christ. I don't think he meant it. Not your job, God's job. So there's a really big lesson of faith here. Um, You know what? 
it's one thing to go to church in faith. It's one thing when I became a Christian and now I'm going to start going to church on Sundays, every Sunday, unless I'm providentially hindered, which I believe Christians ought to do, by the way. I think a lot of Christians are slack there and shouldn't be. But here's the reality. It takes a whole lot more faith to live Monday through Saturday than it does to get up and go to church on Sunday. It's one thing to go to church. It's another to live with a heart of forgiveness. You see, that is real deal Christianity. Monday through Saturday living, daily, seven times being offended, and yet still going back to the well of salvation and bringing up another bucket of forgiveness. You see, that's true faith. That's the faith of a redeemed heart who lives with a great gratitude for the forgiveness that's been extended to us. So the word for today is this, instead of judging others' motives, which is really impossible to do, Judge your own heart. That's really pretty easy. Take heed to yourself. Have the kind of faith, the real deal faith, that can keep going back to that well of salvation that we've received and keep coming up with a heart of forgiveness. Thank you for listening today to In the Word. Join us every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes as we continue our devotional journey through the New Testament.